Well, it is a new series. By the way, bless you guys for the lovely emails and notes about our mini talk series called Treasure. Where your heart is, there is also your treasure. And uh, talk about money, but it wasn't really about money. It's about our hearts. And you can catch up on that on our website and our smartphone apps. Do listen to that. But uh, today marks what is uh, known as our summer series. Uh, Six weeks of um, people coming up uh, with a message. And uh, I thought instead of me trying to describe what this next six weeks are about, why not use the power of film? So let's roll the tape. (laughs) Memorable movie moments of people having something to say, something for you. The phone rings. By the way, we're going to put this on social media. And if you can email me, although I'm away for the next short while, with every single film that is mentioned, you're going to get a gift right from me. So watch it. It's going to be online. But, you know, I love the power of film to tell stories. And really what we're seeing here in this is that we should listen up because someone has something to say. And for some of us, it's like we look at our phone and we wish that it was a hotline to God. I do. I wish that phone would ring. Or maybe for some of us, the phone rings and we don't want to pick it up. Will you pick up? That was Home Alone. That one's for free. (laughs) So what am I saying? Well, over the next six weeks, every week, there's going to be a message specifically for you from God because he has something to say. And the good news is we don't need to wait until the phone rings because we have his word. And if we pick it up and we look with the eyes of faith and say, what have you got for me? We will hear a message from him. And so over the next six weeks, we're going to have different preachers coming up, familiar faces, a guest speaker, an old face for many of us, and a new face as well. Very exciting. And they're going to be giving you a message from me to you, from God to you, that God has laid on their heart. So it's going to be really exciting. I know some of you are on holidays, but if you're not on holidays, you should be here because God has got a message for you. And so the question, no doubt, that is on your lips is, okay, Mark, what is this week? What is the message this week? Are you ready for this? This is the message from God to you. Are you ready for an adventure? Are you ready for an adventure? You know, talking about adventures, I was watching last night the documentary on Channel 4. About 50 years we're celebrating up the anniversary of the moon landings with Neil Armstrong. Wow, talk about an adventure. Can you imagine going to a distant place and planting a flag? The adventure, I mean, out of interest, and if you're not comfortable putting your hands up, how many of you actually watched that while it happened on TV? <laughs> there we go, showing your ages. You all look so young. <laughs> but it captured the whole world, didn't it? I mean, did you know that after that, they went and visited the astronauts, Neil and Buzz, and those guys, 24 countries in 40 days. The world was captured by this most amazing adventure. And guess what? We have an adventure that awaits us if we choose to say yes. You know, I was uh, up in the balcony, uh, sitting over there a few weeks ago, just going through the Bible, saying, Lord, what have you got to say? And I came upon one verse, which was so powerful. And before I read it, it's 1 Samuel 22, 2. Before we go there, I want to set the scene. You see, David is going to be the new king. Samuel, the prophet, has anointed him because it's time for... For Saul to give up the crown. Uh, But there's a period of time between David is anointed and appointed. And Saul is after him. He doesn't want to relinquish his crown. He wants to kill David. And so David flees to the wilderness. He flees to the wilderness. And there he is hiding. And then this is when we pick up the story in 1 Samuel 22, 2, which I'm going to read 
If you have your Bible, you might want to turn to this. Here we are. David is hiding in a cave, and we read this. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him, and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. Wow, that's it. One verse. And what happened then? This was a pivotal moment because it marked an opportunity and a time where those 400 men started the most amazing adventure they'd ever seen, an adventure to establish the kingdom of David. The exploits you read, just amazing exploits. These nobodies, these outcasts of society, more comfortable in the wilderness than in the city, all of a sudden sudden were gathered up to David. And therein marked the start of a new journey, a new life for each one of them. And you might say to me, though, at this point, that's great, Mark, but what has this got to do with us? What has this got to do, this story, because there is no wilderness as far as I can see, it's an industrial estate. (laughs) What has it got to do with us in the 21st century? I'm glad you asked that question. It's a very good question. You see, this one verse is a prophetic foreshadow of Jesus... And of us. Let's look at this together. How do we see here that David is a prototype of Jesus? Well, of course, Jesus actually came from the line of David, we read. Did you know that Matthew, uh, disciple Matthew, started the Gospel of, of Matthew calling Jesus the son of David? You might have heard of that term because he came from the line of David, indicating his royal origin. Did you know that phrase, the, the, Jesus, the son of David, is mentioned 17 times in the New Testament? But here's some other areas of similarity you might find interesting. They had the same birthplace, Bethlehem. You know that? When when the the Caesar cause um, issued uh, a census, they had to go to where their their line, you know, their, their fathers. And that's why they went to Bethlehem. What about this? They were both anointed. David was anointed, as I said, by the prophet Samuel to be the next king of Israel. And Jesus, when he came out of the waters of baptism, was anointed by the Holy Spirit as well. Wilderness, both Jesus and David spent times in the wilderness. We've just seen this right now. Before, you see, there's a, there's, a, there's a delay. Oftentimes, by the way, FYI, you'll get this one for free. Sometimes God will anoint you for something, but there's a delay between when you're appointed. And that's why sometimes we feel the call in our life. And we're like, why, Lord, isn't this happening now? Because sometimes you go through a bit of a, a journey. God is working in you and preparing you and testing you. And that's what we see here happen with David. But we also see that with Jesus. After he was anointed, he went into the wilderness, didn't he? And he was tempted by the devil. But you know what? In their roles, very interesting. Both shepherds. Well, interestingly enough, David was an actual shepherd, wasn't he? But Jesus understood the life of the shepherd. And in fact, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. Not of sheep, but of us, his flock. They were both kings. One of an earthly kingdom... But Jesus, the king of a heavenly kingdom. And this is an interesting one. They were also both commanders of an army. You know that? Jesus is a commander. You see, in the Old Testament, did you know that Jesus appeared, albeit fleeting and in temporary form, before his final incarnation as a babe in Bethlehem? Oftentimes you're reading the Old Testament and an angel of the Lord. There There are times where that is Jesus. And we see this moment here in Joshua, the story of Joshua. It's 5.14. 
And Jesus appears to Joshua and says this, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. You see, Jesus is a commander. And in fact, in Revelation, when he comes a second time, he will come as the commander of the heavenly armies on his horse. You see, Jesus is a commander, as was David. So, if David is a foreshadow of Jesus in this prophetic verse, what about us? What about us? Well, those 400 men that gathered to Jesus is a picture of us. It's a foreshadow of who we are. While David found them, you see, in financial debt, Jesus finds us in a debt to sin. You see that? When, you see, only Jesus can pay the price. We cannot pay it. That is why Jesus died on the cross. And now we're free. While David found them in distress, Jesus finds us in bitterness of soul, which is the root of that word. Why? Because of the outworking of sin in our lives. That is the fruit of sin, that bitterness of soul, that distress. And while David found them discontented, Jesus finds us discontented. Why? Because of our disconnect with God. You see, a disconnect with God will lead to being discontented. Do you know that? But Jesus came. Jesus came and made a way for us to be connected with the Father, to be able for us to be able to run into his arms. You see, David attracted those on the outside, those that were outcasts, those that were willing to say, I'm in need of a savior. I'm in need of someone to lead me. And Jesus came for the very same. There's a story in the New Testament where Jesus is eating with the tax collectors and those outcasts of the day. And the Pharisees said, what on earth are you doing? What are you doing with these guys? And Jesus said this, Mark 2, 17. On hearing what the Pharisees said, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. You see, Jesus came for the outcast. Jesus came for those willing to say, I need a savior. I need a commander. And it says, isn't it? I love what it says when we read, read 1 Samuel 22 too. It says they gathered. There is, a, there is something about the fact that David would gather all these people. There was something they were drawn to. And it says in the Bible that, that Jesus gathers, gathers as a, as, a, as a hen gathers her chicks. There is that sense that if we allow him to, he will gather us. You see, Jesus came for us so that he could pay our debt in full. It is finished. Jesus came so that he would suffer death and distress for us so that we could be filled with his peace. You know, on the cross, what did Jesus say? Father, why have you forsaken me. In that moment, Jesus was disconnected from the Father so that we could be connected to him. And so just as David gathered those 400 up, so Jesus is here to gather us up for those that recognize who he is, but also for those that let him do so. But I've got some really great news 
Because it gets even better than that. Because that's just amazing in itself, isn't it? Being saved from all of that. But here's the thing that I want to zero in this morning. You see, we find that those 400 men were gathered for a purpose. And we have been gathered to Jesus for a purpose. We have been gathered to him for the most amazing adventure of our lives. You see, just as those 400 men were gathered into an army, so we have the opportunity to be gathered into Jesus' army, a heavenly army. You see, just as David became that commander, so Jesus is willing to be our commander if we let him do so. You see, here's the thing. We can say yes to all that, but we, won't, we don't allow him to be our commander always. Now, here's the thing about this most amazing adventure. The Great Commission in Matthew 28, 16, and we, we've read that, right? Go out into all of the world, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and doing these things which I taught you and showed you. You see, that is the adventure that God has given us. It's part of extending his kingdom here on earth. It's an invitation to a life of adventure. You know, the more I walk this walk, and the more I spend time with him, the more I realize that in this present age, we are called to invade it with the age to come. That in this present age, we are called to invade it with the age to come. So what does that mean, Mark? Well, as new creations in Christ Jesus, we live in this present age, but with the life of the age to come. Do you get that? Do you see that? That's why we are called ambassadors of Christ. You see, where an ambassador is in his embassy, that is the kingdom of, of where that, that ambassador is from. And you see, we are to walk his kingdom on earth. And you've heard it said, one of our kingdom values, the here and not yet of the kingdom. If you've been here for any while, you would have heard this phrase. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, it was as if a flag was planted into the earth, just like Neil Armstrong did with that flag. And that marked the beginning of the end. That was D-Day. And when Jesus comes again, victorious in the second coming, that is the day, the full establishment of his kingdom. And so we find ourselves in this period of time where we are called to advance, knowing that Jesus has already put the flag and claimed his sovereignty. But it's whether or not we want to say yes to that adventure. Because we can let Jesus gather us, and then we can just sit down and let other people do it. Or we can be like those 400 men. Yes, they were small. That's the whole point of I think, like, Lord, why did you put 400? Why is that an important number? It's important because it's small. You can often look at yourselves and the people around and say, well, what can we do? Look at this world. Look where it's heading. What on earth am I going to do? It doesn't take a lot. What about the story of Gideon? A small little band of people. And they were able to achieve amazing things. It's not about the number. It's about saying yes for Jesus to be our commander. And what is at stake? Let's be clear about this. The glory of God and the very souls of men and women. You look around the earth, the, the, the world, and we can see the pain. We can see the distress. Who's going to tell them about Jesus? 
What if those 400 men said to David, well, thank you for, for sorting us out, but um, I quite like the wilderness. It's quite nice out here. There's no one to talk to. But no, they advanced. Why? Because they had, a, they had a mission. What was it? To establish the kingdom of David. Why do you think they were gathered up? Why are we gathered up? Because Jesus is our commander. And that leads me to the next question then. If, if we're part of this most amazing mission, how do we do the battle? What does that look like? Well, you know, Paul says in the letter to the Ephesians in chapter 6, 12, he says, we do not battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. In other words, the battle is a spiritual battle. It's a cosmic war. You know, I kind of was thinking about, talking about the power of film. What about Saving Private Ryan? Some of you seen that? My word, that opening scene. You see the reality of a battle there, don't you, with the bullets flying and I think if God was, was to open our spiritual eyes into the heavenlies, we'd be like, whoa! I thought saving Private Ryan was impressive. Look at that. Whoa! Look at those angel armies. Because that is the reality. Our worldview, especially in the West, is, well, there's nothing like that stuff. There really is. And we're, we're called to be part of that. Wow, cool. I like that. You know, I, Steph and I recently saw one of the Marvel movies recently, the Spider-Man one. It's pretty cool. And there's a part of us that we want that kind of adventure. And we think, well, none of us are super, superheroes. Well, we're not in that sense, thank goodness. But we get to walk and extend out his kingdom with the spiritual gifts he gives us. So in that regard, yes, we are superheroes. But it's whether or not you want to allow Jesus to be your commander. Are you going to be brave enough to say yes? Courage enough? courageous enough to say, let's go for it. And so how do we battle? Well, we proclaim and demonstrate the kingdom by making Christ known in word and in deed. How can we do that in deed, in action? Because the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, Acts, the disciples were told by Jesus, don't leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes as been promised by the Father. And they're there, as we know the story, they're, they're there in the most important prayer meeting. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes and bang. What happens? They speak in, in tongues of many nations and they go and do amazing stuff. You see, the purpose of the Holy Spirit, yes, is to comfort us. Yes, to seal us for the day of redemption. Yes, to all of that. But the Holy Spirit is here to equip us to be his army and extend his kingdom in this world. That is the point, to extend his love, to demonstrate mercy, to broker, heal the brokenhearted, to heal the sick. We've had such amazing healings here. Lord, more, Lord, more. Lord. We, we, we're grateful we want more. You know, I want to share this brief story. I was, uh, you know, I've been doing the Connect Group visits. They've been amazing. I've seen, I'm about a third of the way through, so the next part of the year is going to be very busy. And I was at uh, Sandra and Mel's Connect Group, and they were having that end of term as a social. It was really amazing. And uh, there was a lady there called Chantel, and now Chantel and, uh, and her husband and May, little May, we dedicated, I don't know if you remember, a few weeks ago. And, um, and Chantel said, hey, I've got a story to tell. I said, oh, great. She goes, listen, I've got to tell you, Maeve was born with really bad acid, re acid reflux. And, uh, and she said, I heard that your little Daniel had something like that. I said, yeah, he had silent reflux. And for over a year and a half, was it? He just, little one couldn't sleep. And Steph and I would take it in turns every three-hour shifts at night because he just couldn't sleep. It was a painful time. 
She said, well, Maeve has, has, has been, she said, well, Maeve, she can't sleep, and my husband and I, we're doing shifts, and I'm like, oh, bless you, I can identify with that. She goes, but no, let, let me tell you what happened, she said. She said, a few weeks ago, I was listening to the podcast, and I was listening to the sermon, the talk, on, when we did the Revealed series, we looked at the, the names of God and his character. She said, I was listening to Jehovah Roth, my God who heals, and I was listening to the podcast, and on it, you were praying at the end, I thought, you know what? I'm going to pray. She said, something rose in me. A passion, she said, and she emailed me these details. She said I could share it. A passion to pray. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to start praying too. She started praying for Maeve. And that night she started to sleep. And then from the next day, Chantel said she was about 70% better. Praise God. Isn't that amazing? And then she said, and she emailed me last week, now she's at 90%. And she said, we had to wait ages for the medication. Now it's finally arrived. And we don't need to give it to her anymore. Yes. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. What is that? That is the establishment of his kingdom here on earth. Because where his kingdom is, sickness cannot stand. Where his kingdom is, there is an overflow of mercy and compassion and justice. Where his kingdom is, there is forgiveness. There is restoration. There is renewal. It doesn't mean to say that life is going to be easy. God does not promise that. But what he says is, in fact, if you're in an army, you know that's the case. But what he promises you is that he will give us what we need in the battle. And so when we pray for the sick, that is what we are doing. We're taking ground from the enemy. We're saying yes to Jesus to be our commander. And we are going on the most amazing adventure of our lives. And so how do we take part in this adventure? Because I want to sign up. I want that kind of life. I mean, I tell you, when I pray for people and they're healed, that is awesome. When I, someone says to me, Mark, I feel this, I think it's Holy Spirit, and, and I feel the love of the Father. Can you pray with me? And I help lead them to the Lord. I don't, you don't really lead them. The Holy Spirit does. You're just like a, like a midwife, really. You just, you're there. Just praying it through. Wow! You know, it says that when a soul is saved, there is celebration in the heavenlies. Yeah, we got one there for the Lord. Woo! We've taken enemy ground. We're pressing in. We're heading to V-Day on the full establishment of his kingdom. Now, I want to be part of that. Do you? That is from me to you this morning, from God. So how do we allow Jesus to be our commander then? Because I tell you something, just being a Christian doesn't mean you allow him to be your commander. Did you know that? I've got four things. I want to share four things with you as we end. Number one, we recognize that only Jesus can solve our debt issue. We allow him to gather us up. Good works will not get us there. And I've got to be honest, even though I, I've said yes to Jesus when I was young, there have been moments in my life where the lie seeps in that it's not enough, that actually I've got to be better and do better. And by the way, we've got to walk in all the good things that God has for us. But there's all of a sudden this lie that comes and said, you've got to atone for what you've done. 
It's almost like the enemy says, nah, what happened on the cross is not good enough for you because you are particularly bad. (laughs) I chuckle, but it's true. If that's you this morning, only Jesus can pay your debt. And you know the problem? For some of us, we have allowed Jesus to forgive us, but we haven't forgiven ourselves. Forgive yourself. It's okay. God knows you're in the wilderness. God knows that you are an outcast, but he's done it all. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, he wasn't lying. He meant it's done. And if you're here this morning and you, you would say, well, I'm, I wouldn't call myself a Christian, Mark. Because if I'm honest, I feel like I'm not good enough yet. I think probably next year or after summer, I might be particularly good enough and then I'll say yes to Jesus. Let me tell you something. You'll never get to that point. Jesus meets you on the way to Perfectville because he's good enough, not you. And I'll tell you something. That might jar you. Whoa, whoa, what's that about? But let me tell you, it's the most freeing thing. It's not, Christianity is not about how good you are. It's about how good he is. To recognize that only Jesus can solve our debt issue. Number two, then it gets really tricky. You ready? We give up our own rights and our own plans. We pick up the phone when the commander calls. Pick up, pick up. No, don't pick up the phone. When you enlist in the army, you enlist and say, over to you, commander. And this is not an easy road, and bless you, we're all on different journeys. But I want to share, you know, Steph and I, when we met, um, 2003, October, and then 2004, we got married. We were dating for uh, eight weeks before I asked Steph to marry me. And then uh, we got married after eight months. Didn't want to let that one loose, so... uh... (laughs) And it's been 15 years, just in case you think, you know, it's, it's been great. Bless you, darling. But Steph and I, when we got married, we, we, we prayed the most dangerous prayer you could ever pray. We went up to our, we were at St. Barnabas in North Finch at the time, we went up to pray and we prayed this prayer. Lord, do with us as you wish. We'll go anywhere and do anything for you. Be careful if you pray that prayer with sincerity. Because after that, God moves us to Australia. He then gave us an amazing journey there. Then he caused us to leave what was a very comfortable life to start something new. Then he caused us, called us back here. And then he got us doing this and the other. And then he said, go be a pastor. What? Really? But I've got other plans. Well, this is my plan. Okay. I'm not saying it's that easy. But that's the life. And boy, it's been an amazing adventure, hasn't it? I mean, it's been quite tiring, let's be honest. I'm looking forward to getting away, are you? I love you guys. We're going on holiday next week. So. Um, but you know what? There comes a moment where Jesus says, drop your nets, and you've got a choice. And for some of you, you've come to that point, And you've been looking at the phone, and it's ringing, and you don't want to pick it up. But let me tell you, an adventure awaits. If anyone would come to me, take up your cross and follow me. That's what it means to let Jesus be your commander, that you die to yourself, You take up your cross and then you follow him. Number three, we obey his commands even when the outcome is unclear. So we've said, yep, only you can solve my debt issue. Yep, we give up our rights. And then the the, uh, command is issued. What? That doesn't make sense. 
But what if they laugh at me when I offer to pray? What if I go and forgive them and they shout at me and stuff? What if I talk about Jesus and they laugh at me? What if, what if, what if? I mean, I've got a very simple verse that will help you with this. John 14, 15. If you love me, you will obey my commands. I have to be honest, I've spoken to so many Christians that say, I love Jesus. But they don't want to obey his commands. Love is not an emotional feeling always, is it? Love is commitment. Love is commitment. And lastly, we set our eyes on the prize which awaits us. Philippians 3.14, I think Paul puts it best in the letter to the Philippians. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know those 400 men, what kept them going? Well, it was the presence of David and the, and the camaraderie. But they had a mission. And no doubt there would have been knights in the wilderness. What are we up to here? But they would have seen that vision. David was all about establishing the presence of God. And they wanted that temple that, that David went to start building. When the going gets tough, we look up. When we're in the storm, look at the stars. When you're in the battle, look at the commander. Don't look down because there is an amazing prize that awaits those who say yes to Jesus. I'd like to invite the band up as I am with this. And we go back to the beginning. From me to you, God says this. Are you ready for an adventure of your lives? Are you ready for me to be your commander? Let us stand. Thank you, Lord. Let us bow our heads as I pray and let's just wait on the leading of the Holy Spirit of how he wants to minister this word into our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit.